All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode three, and today I'm going to talk about a few great titles related to the week's new releases and more. So, hello! I hope everyone had a great weekend. I'm just going to brag, I certainly did. I got a lot of reading done, which means great titles that you'll be hearing about in the future on all the books, and then great backlist titles in the future future. Uh, So let's just get started because all I want to do is talk about books besides read books. That's like my favorite thing to do. So um, I'm going to tell you about today's sponsor because I am so excited. It's one of my favorite books of 2017, and it is The Widow Nash by Jamie Harrison. You may have heard me make word salad about it a few weeks ago in all the books. I can't seem to use my words correctly when I talk about it. They just go all wibbly wobbly, and I just want to squeal and wave my Muppet arms. It's so, so good. I can tell you that I compare it to Edith Wharton meets Deadwood. It's it's sort of like that with a little less profanity. Um, I'm going to read you a blurb from Molly Gillespie at Joseph Beth Booksellers, and you'll see why I call it that. Molly says, Jamie Harrison's compelling debut is a gothic mystery plunked down in the western frontier. When Dulcie Remley's father misplaces the profits of a mine sale... She is held captive by her ex-fiancé and father's business partner until the missing fortune can be recovered. She escapes, crisscrosses the country by train, and arrives in a small Montana town as the widowed Mrs. Nash. Dulcie tries to immerse herself in her new identity, but the hovering specter of being discovered haunts around every corner. Harrison uses her sparse writing effectively, creating a mood well in line with the novel's time and place. It's just, it's so, so good. I loved this book. I love Dulcie especially. I'm not going to be able to form words about it again, so I'm just going to say thank you to CounterPoint Press for sponsoring today. And again, it is The Widow Nash by Jamie Harrison. So, so good. And speaking of so, so good, I'm going to start out today with my favorite book that came out this week. It is Made for Love by Alyssa Nutting. It's about a woman who is running from her husband. He is a sort of Steve Jobs tech giant. He wants to put a chip in her brain. She takes off. Anyway, it takes place in Florida. It's bonkers, banana pants, wonderful. And I was thinking about some other books that take place in Florida. Of course, there's Tampa, which was Alyssa Nutting's last novel, which is the very upsetting story of a middle school teacher who really likes her students. Um, But if you like upsetting fiction, first and foremost, Harry Cruz should be at the top of your list. Um, That's C-R-E-W-S. A lot of his books are out of print, but if you like upsetting fiction, if you like being disturbed, he's the way to go. He has one called Florida Frenzy, as a matter of fact. Um, And other Florida books, let's see. There's The Orchid Thief, A True Story of Beauty and Obsession by Susan Orlean. It's the true story, because like it says that in the title, hello. Um, It's the true story of a man who was obsessed with finding the rare ghost orchid. And it, it was made into a movie called Adaptation, but it's not quite a faithful adaptation. It gets a little crazy there at the end, but still a good movie. Um, there's La Brava by Elmore Leonard, my probably my favorite Elmore Leonard novel. It won the 1984 Edgar for Best Novel. It's about a former Secret Service agent hired to discover who is harassing an actress. I loved reading this. I just read it a couple of years ago. And it's so great because he's a detective, but, like, when he needs information, he can't just, like, look it up on his computer or call somebody on his cell phone. He has to, like, find a pay phone and, like, ask people for favors. And the the time and place, it's just so, so great. I really enjoyed that. 
I like reading mysteries without all the technology. Another great book is Devil in the Grove, Thurgood Marshall, The Groveland Boys, and The Dawn of a New America by Gilbert King. This won the 2013 Pulitzer for nonfiction. It's about citrus barons, Jim Crow labor, the KKK, and hate crimes. And of course, Thurgood Marshall, the Supreme Court Justice. It's fantastic and upsetting and just brilliant. The last book is The Moore's Account by Layla Lalami. It is the imagined memoirs of the first black explorer of America. She writes a book about a Moroccan slave and like how he is left out of the history um, when they come to America. So those are my picks for books set in Florida. Let's see, what else do we have? There's An Oath of Dogs by Wendy Wagner that came out this week. It's a fun sci-fi from Angry Robot featuring bizarre sentient dogs on a forest world planet. So I was thinking about books that have dog in the title. Of course, there's Lives of the Monster Dogs by Kirsten Backus. You probably heard me talk about it a few weeks ago. The 20th anniversary edition just came out. It's one of my very favorite books. My elevator pitch is it's Edward Scissorhands with dogs. Um, my refrigerator pitch is put it in the crisper. No, um, but let's see what else. The Dog Stars by Peter Heller, one of my very favorites. It's about the world after a flu kills off most everyone on the planet. It's like The Road, and it has some of those really disturbing things like that happen in The Road, but it has more feeling. There's more emotion and like sort of like a happy, a happy ending. That's not really spoiling it, but um, there's White Dog Fell from the Sky by Eleanor Morse. It's about a man in 1976 in apartheid South Africa who has to flee his country after witnessing the murder of his friend. He becomes the gardener for a white couple in Botswana, um, but then he goes missing, and the wife of the couple searches for him. It's heartbreaking and so fantastic. And the last pick is Heart of a Dog by Mikhail Bulgakov. It's a novella about a stray dog who is taken in by scientists and given human parts. He gets human glands, and he grows to become trouble for his creators. He's, he takes on some of the most horrible aspects of human beings. Um, it's really an allegory for the forced conversion of Russians into Soviet citizens, which I did not come up with that on my own. I had to look it up because that's way smarter than me. Um, but it's so great. I loved it. Now we're going to move on to Queen of Bebop, The Musical Lives of Sarah Vaughn by Elaine M. Hayes. It's a great biography that came out this week about one of the most influential jazz singers and musicians of the 20th century, Sarah Vaughn. And it had me thinking about some other great bios that I enjoy. The first is Kill Him and Leave, Searching for James Brown and the American Soul by James McBride. It's about James Brown, obviously. He was a famous soul singer, and it's about his legacy, like what the places that he lived and how they've changed and also how... His family fought over his money and everything that he left and in all the the legal battles that are still going on. Um, let's see. They're shaky. I really like Neil Young. Uh, so it's a really great biography of Neil Young by Jimmy McDonough called Shaky. Um, Redemption Song, The Ballad of Joe Strummer by Chris Selowitz. Joe Strummer, lead singer, guitarist for Greatest Rock Band Ever, The Clash... True story, greatest rock band ever. 
And so let's, what else? This actually um, is not new, or not a backlist title, but I just want to tell you this because I feel like everyone should know this. In August, Brian May from Queen is releasing a book about the band. It's in 3D. The pictures are in 3D. It's a $60 hardcover. I don't care. I'm going to buy the hell out of that book. So that's in August. And those are some great bios of musicians. And if you want to know my favorite memoir by a musician, I would say it has to probably be Rat Girl by Kristen Hirsch. She was from Throwing Muses, and she has a great solo career. And it's about when she was 19, she joined a band, became pregnant, and found out she was bipolar, like, all within a short uh, span of time. And it's, like, how she dealt with that. Um, It's really, really funny and smart, and I just, I couldn't believe how, like, if I could speak that well, if I could speak that well today, but, I mean, if I could express myself that well when I was a teenager, I think things would have been a lot different. It's just, it's such a great book. And The Last Cowboys of San Geronimo by Ian Stansel is out this week. It's a contemporary western about two brothers and a woman who is looking for her husband's killer, And I was thinking about Westerns. There's The Untold by Courtney Collins. Came out a few years ago. It's based on the true story of a female outlaw in 1920s Australia. There's Warlock by Oakley Hall, which I think is an absolutely perfect book. It's it's a perfect book. It's about a man hired to be the new sheriff of a town where the outlaws just have run of everything and they just always kill the sheriff and he's got to be smarter than everyone else. Um, True Grit, of course, by Charles Portis. Even if you've seen the films, I suggest that you read the book because there's nothing like it. I think he's like the, I call him the greatest living writer who is no longer publishing books in America. I love him. There's The Sisters Brothers by Patrick DeWitt, which is about two brothers hired to find a man in turn of the 20th century California. And that's going to be a film soon, so that's exciting. And then, of course, Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry, about two Texas rangers who go on a cattle drive. It takes place shortly after the Civil War. One of my very favorite books. I slept with it under my pillow when it was done because I didn't want it to end. And my last pick, Dealer's Choice, is Saint Maybe by Ann Tyler. Love, 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 love Ann Tyler. have read everything she's written. She's so wonderful. This one starts off in 1965 Baltimore. It's about a young man named Ian Bedloe. He's 17. His brother comes home to visit. He brings with him a young woman named Lucy, a divorced mother of two who has young children. He says that, they, that they're getting married and that Lucy is pregnant. And so they do get married. Ian is very unhappy. He doesn't like Lucy. He thinks she's using Danny. Eventually, there is a heated argument. Words are exchanged and Danny dies. Ian goes off to college after Danny's death, but he receives word shortly after that that Lucy has also died. Now, Ian is feeling very tremendously guilty over his brother's death. On his way to the funeral for Lucy, he discovers the Church of the Second Chance. And the pastor there tells him that he must atone for what he has done, like what for what he thinks he has done. Um, So he drops out of college. He becomes a carpenter. He refuses relationships, and he devotes himself to raising Lucy's children. And it's about the next 25 years of his life on his quest for redemption. It's so beautiful Came out in 1991. I still think about it all the time. And there, we're already done again. That's it for me this week. Thank you to our sponsor, The Widow Nash by Jamie Harrison, out from Counterpoint Press. We will have a link to it in the show notes. You can also find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. 
If you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It, help other, it helps other book lovers to find us. And if you want to talk about books or see pictures of my books or my cats, Steinbeck and Malay, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty, on Let's See Under Liberty, and on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday with my better half, Rebecca Shinsky, and all the books to tell you about the week's great new releases. So have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading. (laughs) 